Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Are You Talking R.E.M. Marie Me. Before we get to that though, Adam and I want to talk about Lisa, not our friend Lisa Simpson, the, no, who we love. Her. She's great. She's great. I really love what she had to say in a recent episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we want to talk about is Lisa, the mattress company. What is Lisa, Adam? Lisa is an innovative director consumer online mattress brand that is also socially conscious. That's right. Much like the band Hiriam. In fact, for every 10 mattresses that Lisa sells, they donate one to a shelter through their 110 program, which is great. Yeah, not to mention with a patent and universal adaptive feel, Lisa is designed for all types of sleepers. How do you sleep, by the way? I'm saying that because you're such a scumbag. Like, how do you sleep? I sleep upside down. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. You're a vampire. Uh, Lisa, by the way, now has expanded its offerings to include the Lisa pillow. Got one of those. And I saw some logs on it. Blanket, the Lisa blanket, foundation, and frame. Try a Lisa mattress in your own home for 100 nights risk-free. That's too long, I think. Available in the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Germany online with free shipping, this 100% American-made mattress ships compressed in a box right to your door. Or try it at the Lisa Dream Gallery in Soho, New York, and Virginia Beach, and over 80 West Elm stores. We're not saying try it at each of these places, like 82 places. No. You'd be insane. Uh, Get $125 off, great, and a free pillow when you go to lisa.com slash REM. That is L-E-E-S-A dot com slash REM. From chronic to collapse, town and into now, respectively, that is. This is Are You Talking R.E.M. Re-Me, the comprehensive and, well, encyclopedic compendium of all things R.E.M. encyclopedic. One has to admit it's encyclopedic. This is good rock and roll. Uh, (laughs) Music, Kevin, stop turning down. Uh, this is good rock and roll uh, music. I'll I'll be on the I'll turn it down from here. Thank you, my good man. Uh, welcome back to the show for another week. This is exciting. Um, Excitement is pulsing through my veins. That's right. Your veins are throbbing. Throb. You can see right them from now. there. I, I I mean, your temples. Your first of all, you're red in the uh, face, and I'm assuming yeah. you're not embarrassed. No, you know what that is. What is going it's on? Excitement, with you? and I can't. Keep it in. I think you're having a heart attack right now. <laughs> what if you had a heart attack? And all, <laughs> your last words were die on a podcast. <laughs> die, die. Uh, welcome to the show for another week. Uh, yeah, uh, gotta gotta introduce myself and gotta introduce uh, my co-host before we go any further. You know me. I'm your old podcast friend. Scotty B. <laughs> Scotty B. You know me, Scotty B. And across from me is, uh, you know him from... Uh, Lankinship's Prayer. Lankinship's Prayer, of course, and Morgan Freeman and movies. The Payment of Dr. Benz. <laughs> the Payment of Dr. Benz. Uh, Scotty B. over here. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hi. 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 
Welcome to the show. Hi. We're going to be talking about the band. Well, we're going to finish up a discussion about the album. We're going to start and finish a discussion about the band. Drawing a blank. Who is who? What are we talking about today? Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. They have an album. They have many. Yeah. So I'm not saying anything controversial here. No. But they do have one album, and it's called Green. Yeah. Buco Dolores, my friend. Make it rain. Um, we're going to be talking about green today. And uh, look, quite honestly, we had to end the last episode because yeah. it was just getting too long. Yeah. Uh, and so we had our good friend uh, on the show with us last week, and we were like, please, will you return? Please. please we, oh, were, Lance, please. we were begging. We were crying like dogs. We were like, please, we love you. Oh, come on. Come on. We'll and do you anything. Know what? You know what? He said yes. I couldn't believe it. Me neither. I couldn't believe it, but he came back all the way back here uh, for another week. Yeah. Um, he went back to his home in Portland and uh, flew down on his own dime yeah. as well. I mean, Not this, on my dime. Certainly. I'm not going to pay for this motherfucker. Yeah. I didn't even want him back. That's bullshit, man. <laughs> <laughs> but we got him back. Uh, he's here to talk about the album Green. Um as well, you know him from so many things. This guy has a CV of a person five times his age. I'm talking like... What's a CV? Resume. Have you never CV? been to England? <laughs> no, I've been to England. You, I didn't have to give anyone my resume. You didn't give there. anyone your resume, your no. CV while you were there? Is that what I'm supposed to do? Yes, bro. Is that why I didn't get a job while <laughs> yes. I was there? You didn't give anyone your CV. No. Oh man, Adam, you poor, poor young thing. Oh. Um, but he, yeah, he has the resume or resume, uh, as I pronounced it, for a good <laughs> portion of my life, um, of a person five times his age, um, a two hundred year old man. Um, I've heard of the two thousand year old man played by Mel Brooks. Yeah, but a two hundred year old man, never heard of that. But this guy has the resume of someone of that age. It goes without saying that his name is Lance Banks. Hello, Lance. Hey, guys. Hey, Lance. Thanks for coming back. Yeah. List some of the things you've done. What are, what are you most proud of in your career? Uh, directed episodes of a TV show called Better Things. It runs on FX. Love People Better Things. Shows. Awesome. You um, hang out with Louie? Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, directed the final couple episodes of Portlandia. They're going to air. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and starting up a new TV show on Comedy Central with Baron Vaughn and Open Mike Eagle called The New Negroes. Love those guys. Um, Baron, of course, uh, played, uh, uh, (laughs) why am I blanking on his character name on Bang Bang? He was in like 20 episodes. Um, but our security guard, uh, did a RoboCop episode with us. Uh, great, uh, great dude. Um, and that's and you created that show. Uh, we are creating it right now. You're creating yeah. it right now. Yeah. Great. What's it going to be like? It's going to be a half hour comedy stand up show with music on 
Comedy Central. We did that show, The Meltdown, in previous Mm -hmm. years, and so it'll be a similar thing. You directed uh, The Meltdown. Yes. Yes. Uh, So this will be, you know, three stand-up performers, uh, Baron Vaughn and Open Mike Eagle hosting. And for each episode, we'll make a sort of a music video collaboration between Mike Eagle and someone else. That's right. And so who who else would it it be with? So we're going to do one with uh, Danny Brown. We're going out to people like Killer Mike, Lizzo. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's going to be great. amazing. Well, when I think of uh, stand-up comedy and music in the African American uh, arena, I think of you. So that's great that you're yeah. <laughs> involved. <laughs> um, no, it's great. Uh, you, yeah, you were a big part of the meltdown. So that's you have the experience necessary yeah. for that. So, and I'm big fans of those guys. So that's incredible. Um, we're going to be talking about green uh, coming up here. Uh, before we do. I do want to sort of continue the discussion that we had last week uh, about – we were talking about uh, Lance here has worked with uh, the band R.E.M. a lot. And I wanted to just sort of follow up on that of uh, we sort of cut it off around Green last time. Did you do any further work with them down, down yeah, the road? Yeah, um, quite a bit over the years. Like throughout the 90s would help them and directed some music videos for the – record that came out after Monster, uh, New Adventures in Hi-Fi, mm-hmm. directed a documentary, them making that, and then would kind of continue to make pieces with Michael or direct documentaries or, or footage with them over the And would you that. consider them to be well, friends? Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. I'd still <laughs> hang out with them quite a bit. Fantastic. And uh, did they ever, was there ever a situation where they were like, you know what? I'm kind of tired of playing the bass or I'm tired of singing tonight. Let's get Lance to do this. Was there ever like one of these situations where like they were playing a big show in Amsterdam or something and they were like, hey, Lance, do you mind singing this show or anything like that ever happened to you? No, never, never. Oh, that's that's, that's really weird that that <laughs> never <weird>. happened. <laughs> were you there? Were you shooting uh, in the room in Berlin when they had their final performance? I directed that, yeah. You did? Yeah, so I'm one of the few people that was there for the final performance. Wow. That, and and which what what song was the final song? Was it Discover? I believe that could have been the last one. I I should was that check about my their notes favorite credit card. They, Discover. Yes, yeah. Exactly. It's a song about the credit card they company. Have, they have one called Diners Club for a while, <laughs> yeah. I remember. Um were there sorry, were there songs in that like Berlin session that were not released? Did they play longer than They all the songs that they performed live were ones that made it onto the album. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those are great yeah, versions great, of all those songs. Great sessions, great versions. And they did they all feel like this was it? They knew. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I hope I'm not ruining any timeline for anybody, but they That's they kind of knew that they wanted to make a record that they're all really fond of and that wasn't just the kind of accelerate reaction to the previous one. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, we still can write a range of different sounds and songs, yeah. and it's not just all up-tempo guitar stuff. But yeah. like, but they knew it was the best of what they were able to do as songwriters and – Make it in great studios and and try a few new things and yeah. and go out in that way. But yeah. they knew they knew much like Santa on Christmas Eve with all of his presents, they were about to wrap it up. Absolutely, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> fantastic. Well, let's talk about uh, the record Green. What do you say? Um, this do it. is the this is uh, where you first met them uh, yeah. on the Green tour. So no better album for you to be here during the episode of which exactly uh, Green. All right. Well, let's get to it. Green, coming out uh, November 7th, 1988. November 7th. Election yep. Day. Election Day. Election Day. It's the day, day before Election Day, wasn't it? Or no, 
Tuesday, it came out in the UK the day before. Yes, yeah. Tuesdays uh, in the States yeah. were when uh, records came out, and Tuesdays are when elections happen. So I was right. Except about it was out in the UK the day before. Other than that, sure. I Look, I don't live in the UK, so I don't know why you would assume that I was talking about the UK. But okay, Lance, great. Part You're of the right. whole reason they went to Warner Brothers was so that it could be out in places like the UK. Okay. All right, fine, Lance. All right, On fine. A, a day earlier than exactly. Indigo. Why don't I just quit? Is that what you're trying to say? You want to host this show? <laughs> you fucking host this show. You, you, Scott. Scott. It's okay. I'm just tired come of back. this shit. Scott, come back. Lance comes in here. He's a big man. He knows the band. I talked to him the other night. What did Michael have to say? Which one? <laughs> Stipe? He wasn't there. You know, I went to buy this the day it came out. I was not old enough to vote, so I had plenty of time to go buy the new REM album after school. Okay. Well, let's talk about what we were doing. I was old enough to vote. I had recently turned 18. So I voted. You, did you vote for Bush? <laughs> of course. And I was super stoked when yeah, that war happened. fucking won. Um, no, it was my first, my first voting uh, for a president. I voted for Michael Dukakis. Um, he did really well. He did he did great. I was I was very happy with his uh, showing. Um, let's see. This came out November seventh, nineteen eighty eight. Was not the first REM uh, record that I bought on CD because that was Eponymous three weeks earlier. Interesting. Hmm. Eponymous came out three weeks earlier. I, in our last episode, we uh, talked about how I got I, I won a CD player at the office Christmas party in nineteen eighty seven. What uh, office were you? Working I was working at the LA Times. I was a telemarketer selling the paper, uh, oh. just on picking up random numbers. Yeah, I mean it was hundreds. It was like a three hundred and fifty. Uh, item and I won it at the Christmas party in the raffle. So were uh, the adults who worked at the LA Times bummed that like a teenager in the telemarketing department won the no, but no because it was it was just the <laughs> wow. telemarketing. It was Thanks, just Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, we're not. This just, is great. This was not a Christmas party with like the reporters. <laughs> this was just the telemarketing. And okay. they still had a CD player That's as like a, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, it was weird. And and all and by the way, I also was employee of the month, so it wasn't like I didn't deserve it or something. Uh, like I was selling a lot of papers. They must have really hated you if you were employed <laughs> oh, the month. Oh, they hated me. There was a guy named Bill who worked there who we would do an impression of him and uh, because uh, he would he would say, yep. So he would say, hello, this is Bill. I'm with the Los Angeles Times. Am I speaking to the head of the household? Yep. Is he still alive? Uh, I hope so. He was a libertarian. It was the first time I ever heard of a libertarian. And uh, I was like, are you doing this just to be weird, Bill? <laughs> what is this? He was trying to explain it to me. Um, it's tough to explain. I remember one time we were we uh, me and two other dudes worked there, and we all went to high school together, and uh, we all carpooled. And I remember my friend uh, David. Um, someone cut him off in line, and he flipped him off in, in, in traffic. I mean, not in line. Although I guess traffic is sort of like a big long line of cars. Yeah, when you really think about it. So he flipped him off, and the guy chased us all the way to the L.A. Times. Oh my God. And uh, when we pulled in, he pulled in right behind us. Was like, "Hey, man, what the fuck? You flipped me off." And my friend David, big big brave guy, was like, "Oh no, I was taking out a cigarette." And uh, it, you saw a cigarette, not my finger. And the guy was like, well, you better fucking watch it, bro. <laughs> what a waste of time for that guy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All he was going to do is 
acknowledge that you flipped them off. Yeah, I know. I don't know. People are crazy. I remember listening to Squeeze's uh, singles uh, record uh, a lot, driving back and forth to the LA Times. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I got a I got a CD player. Eponymous was my first REM CD. That was the best of. We don't really need. We didn't base an episode around that. But Scott that, talks a lot about Eponymous. Eponymous was a, a, a big album for him. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> so Green was the f- was the second REM CD that I'd ever bought. I had been used to buying it on album. Was it a CD for you or were you – I bought that as a CD, but prior to that, most things were cassette. Oh, you were yeah, a cassette listener. Yeah, I was a cassette guy. Yeah. And why And why is that? Uh, I usually wasn't at a house with a turntable. I was usually like uh, in a parking lot with a Walkman. Interesting. Okay. Um, you're a real parking lot guy. Yeah. That's a lot of your life. Yes. I've noticed. Do you still like to hang out I in still them? do quite a bit. <laughs> we have one downstairs. I hope you enjoyed it. All right. <laughs> um, so um, so where, what are you doing, Adam, during uh, when Green comes out? You're, uh, you're well, 16 or so? Or I was 15, Let's do 16. the math here. I was 15, and uh, I went you, down. You got some pubes? I got some some. Puberisuses. I went down to uh, what was it? The where? I, where? It may have been a the warehouse. warehouse. It may have been a warehouse. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't a warehouse. What the hell was that? It was downtown Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, and I bought it after school. There was just not an interesting uh, story about my uh, buying the. I was in REM album. college. Like 14, 15? Fifteen. Yeah. Okay. I just gotten into community college. Uh, I remember having an argument with uh, someone in my poli sci class, I think, about why I was voting for Dukakis. And I knew nothing about politics. And I, all I knew was like from stuff like uh, U2 and REM of just like, we'll be, you know, vote for Democrat. Yeah, yeah. And I was just, I remember, and I still think about this. I was arguing with him. I'm like, two words, Dan Quayle. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Such a dumb argument. It's actually, no, it's actually a pretty <laughs> good <laughs> argument. Yeah, yeah but I mean, like, it turns out to be, but yeah. all I was doing of the dumb, like, you know, he's a dummy. He can't spell, spell potato. You want someone like that in charge? You know, which is like not a real argument. Do you know but who your coworker Bob might have voted for in 1990? <laughs> I yeah, I was, I was wondering who the libertarian was. It was Ron Paul in his first presidential it run. Was, was it? Yeah. Inter- were you aware of wow. the libertarian? I mean, you worked for Greenpeace. Yeah. You were way more plugged into Aware politics. enough not to vote for him, but knew that he was running. Right. Yeah. Wow. Now he's just a Trump like apologist. Which is great. It's the worst. What? Um, <laughs> I love, love Donald Trump. I, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Why I said um, that. I was going to Cypress College. I, I believe I was cast in uh, the musical Evita at this point and was in rehearsals for it, um, where I played the role of Magaldi, the singing raconteur that uh, Ava Peron discards early in her career. Was Madonna in this production? <laughs> she was. As much she was doing a little warm up. That's cool. Um, yeah, I was excited about the album, but very I excited. Basically, just had document. But yes, uh, on the previous episodes, Lance, uh, he got into the band with Document. Uh, he had received it for Christmas of 1987. That's right. This is a mere 11 months later. You're, you'd re- uh, received Dead Letter Office and gone uh, yeah. sort of backwards at this point? Or, sort or of backwards. Green, or Green was the second record you I got? Think I think Green remember. was probably the second, but this is where it all opened up for me, this yeah. album. Mm-hmm. I And I still, it still might be my favorite of 
of their albums. Right I, I love Interesting. Green. Yeah. Um, and do you remember buying it, Lance? Yeah, absolutely. I rode a bicycle after school to a, uh, a parking mall. lot. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> hung out there for three or four hours and then went to a record store. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was like a long box CD and the, yep. oh, yeah. the orange yeah. art- artwork went all the way up and down. Yeah, the long boxes. I miss them. I do too. <laughs> Me too. What a waste <laughs> that they're not around anymore. <laughs> yep. um, all right. So so we, so we it comes out on November 7th, intentionally put out on Election Day, from what they said. That's right. They wanted uh, to use the press cycle uh, in order to uh, get people out there voting uh, and to, to uh, get their message of who to vote for out there. Hey, it worked on me. I voted for Dukakis. Um, this was their first record for Warner Brothers, the Brothers Warner, yeah. as they yeah. say. Uh, they previously were on IRS, and they uh, were considering, as we talked about, going uh, remaining with them, and IRS was a little bit bummed that they didn't stick around with them. Um, but they went to Warner Brothers for a huge... Uh, payday for them uh, and uh, complete control. That is very important. And then I believe they also like got the rights back to their albums after a certain amount of years. It was like one of these deals where uh, I was reading anyone would have given them whatever they wanted because they were not only critically acclaimed but also had that top 10 hit with the one I love. Yeah. My memory is that like Warner's wasn't necessarily like the highest dollar amount that they're offered, but guaranteed them the most the most creative, creative control. control. And they had like Neil Young and all these artists yeah. that REM. Really so Neil Young was, was over there with the Capri's and uh, the Husker Du had previously signed to them, right? Like a, you know, two three years before. Plus they put. I mean. In just uh, one year from when this came out, or even like eight months, they're going to put out the Batman movie. Yes, which yeah. is like huge, huge. Movie. When when I was a kid, I mean, the Batman poster everywhere. I'm sure REM had knew something about that. Yeah. I'm sure when they went by the the Warner Brothers offices, they were like, "Batman, do you want do you want to go in and look at Batman?" <laughs> and they ended up doing a song on the Batman and Robin soundtrack. That's right. So was it that? Or it Batman called, Forever? Winged, Batman wings, Forever. Winged Batman Forever. mammal theme or something like that? No, it was Revolution. But isn't winged mammal theme like what they originally wrote for it or something? That's yeah. why they... Oh, yeah, I don't know. Because Batman... That was a mammal. B-side for Drive, I believe. Yeah. Wing mammal. Batman side. That's what B-side stands for. <laughs> you know what? We actually have to go to a break. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, when we come back, we will be talking about REM even more. Can you believe it? Oh my god! Oh my god! REM. Here we go. We'll be right back. Hey, Adam. Yeah. Uh, you like uh, comic books? Yeah. Sure. What's uh what's your favorite comic book? Mad magazine. Mm, I'm trying to see if this is making the comic book nerd in me like furious yeah. right now. Oh no, Freak Brothers. I loved the Freak Brothers. Freak Brothers. I, I don't know though. Who 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 makes that? Uh Ripoff Press was the company. Cool. Go, yeah. If I were to say let me say one yeah. word to you, and you've heard of the concept of onomatopoeia. Right? Of course. Of course you have. You're a smart person. Yeah. You would never not know what that is. Never. Uh, if I were to say one word to you, tell me what tell me what you think of. Snicked. Hmm. Wolverine. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Wolverine. The Marvel madman himself, Wolverine. And this is cool. I was very excited about this. I knew about this months and months ago, and mm-hmm. I was just sitting on this info for a while. 
Um, if you haven't heard, Wolverine, The Long Night, which is Marvel's first scripted podcast ever, you are missing out. Now, the first seven episodes are out. And if you start now, you'll end up binge listening to the whole thing just in time for the finale. Yeah. If I mean, if you start now... And uh, we're giving you enough time for bathroom breaks. Of like we're, we're not monsters. You can oh always God. pause Ooh. it and go take a leak. <laughs> I got scared when I said the word monster. Um, if you like the first season of True Detective, it's a lot like that. The if, show follow. If you did not like the second season of True Detective, like me, it's not like it's that. It's not like that at all. Follows two special agents investigating a string of murders in Alaska. At first, they suspect Logan, and we all know that's Wolverine's name, a stranger with claws. But between a night-worshipping cult and a shady police force, things get more complicated. The podcast stars Richard Armitage. Um, he's incredible as Wolverine. And we got our good buddy Scott Adsitz. He's incredible from 30 Rock, of course. And Otto Asando from Altered Carbon, plus more appearances from people like comedian Chris Gethard. I don't know how he finagled his way into this, but if a nerd like him can be in this show, I don't know why they're not calling me. Marvel's Wolverine The Long Night is available exclusively on Stitcher Premium. To listen now, go to wolverinepodcast.com and use the code MARVEL at checkout to get your first month free. Snicked! Yay! All right, we're back. We're talking about Green. We're talking about the band Hariem. Hariem. All right, here we go. Let's get into it. Um, <laughs> All right, should we start going through these songs? Jesus fucking God. All right, I will. All right, so, th so uh, this is the first thing that we hear when we put it on to our CDs. Uh, this is Pop Song 89. <laughs> That is the first song, and then it goes on and repeats that 80 more times, I think. <laughs> what, uh, this is the first thing we're hearing. What do, uh, what do you think, Adam? This is your 15-year-old kid. This is the first song. What do you, what do you got? It was, I, I thought it was really weird. I mean, it sounds so different from Document, which is what I was kind of used to. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really weird and catchy. It didn't really sound like anything I had heard before. It's definitely poppier and and had this slick sound to it, but it was also strange. Also, um, they're drawing attention to the poppiness by calling it pop song. Yeah, it was in a way of like clear that they were kidding about something. And it was I a lot like my favorite television was. show, Transparent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> how about you? Is this? Uh, how about you, Lance? So we'll this go, was a we'll song go. that they had actually played live on that work tour in the right. fall of '87. They did versions of this. And uh, Orange Crush. Uh huh. And then that other song that never came out called Title that they did a demo of for Green but didn't finish. Uh huh. So they, like, did they that were, have vocals on it and stuff? It did, like kind of mostly just phonetic sounds. Okay. Um, and then Orange Crush had 
pretty close to completed Mills lyrics, and, like, yeah, and it was so, yeah. close to home. Yeah. Um, so it, it's weird that it's called Pop Song '89, but they were doing it like you know, in '87. It was and then, cheeky. It was a weird. You have to admit, I like on a personal level, just as like a 16 year old at, at this high school in New Jersey at the time, having like started to get people on board with R.E.M. playing yeah. them the previous two records. Yeah. When this one came out and that was the first song and it was a little bit like the lyrics were, lyrics felt like deliberately simple words. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like he had almost like in a David Byrne conceptual way, like, oh, I'm going to do a song that is cleverly about, you know. Yeah. Like it was nothing. a lot like, more, yes. it, yeah. was, it was like more songs about buildings and food. Yeah. yeah. In a way. Yeah. So it was like. It's as it pop the, song as you can yes. be. It wasn't the like, for like the borderline rocker knuckle dragging dudes, I'd try and talk into like. Yeah. The one I love sounding kind of like a like mysterious and kind of yeah. 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 Now this was just like you know deliberately yeah, just this bouncy <laughs> yes. poppy. And then like a few songs later is stand. It yeah. was like yeah, oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> I should have like steered him into the replacements more than right. this one. You're I like, was I'm I, I guys I wait, just fast, hold on fast forward to yeah, turn yeah, it inside yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to Orange Crush. Yeah, when I first heard it, I liked it. I was like, yeah. uh, I don't know. I I I like pop music. You know, we talked about. It. I grew up on like Huey Lewis and the News. So for me, it was kind of like, oh, they're going a little more pop. I was like into it. Yeah, I definitely just the whole record. I was like, yeah, I like this. Um, we'll we'll talk about uh, further impressions of it as we go on. But it's definitely is like a big obvious song. It's yeah. almost like calling something. This is the most obvious song, in a way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's it's funny. It's like a dissection of a pop song and kind of pointing out how dumb a pop song is, but it at the same time. Making a, an actual good, good song. Yeah. Over and yeah. over and over and over yeah. and over. Um, okay, this is the second song. This is Get Up. This is Get Up. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, this is one yeah, of my favorite songs of theirs. Yeah. You guys talk about it. So, uh, <laughs> I love how just big it sounds. And yes. it's taking that pop song thing from the opening song and just crafting something new and weird and incredible. Out. Yeah, and it feels so engaging and it doesn't yeah. feel like he's doing like a cold, conceptual, cynical, no, like wry take on it. And I don't know if I'm spacing out on previous records, but I was conscious in these first two that Michael is doing other like multiple layers of vocals yes. of different parts rather than it just being Mike Mills and Bill Berry yeah. doing other parts. So it's 
you know, Michael's doing one line and then doing another vocal on top of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was such, it was to the extent that I didn't really even know Michael Mills's contributions in the vocals. I, I guess I listened to all of their records and assumed it was just Mike Stipe doing it because that was what I was used to with lead singers is them layering vocals like that. So it wasn't until later on me getting into the band realizing, oh, wow, no, the, the actual classic sound is Stipe doing the lead and Mills doing yeah. the backup. I think that is Mike Mills... In the, right when the song starts, it's just it's just harmonies happening. Yeah. All I mean, it's incredible with headphones on listening to those harmonies that are don't stop through the whole song. Yeah, I think that might be Mike Mills, yeah. but it's definitely Michael Stipe going get up. Yeah, get exactly. Up. Yeah, and then Mills does come back in after that to do a the part after. But. Oh yeah, okay, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's cool. Um, and I remember live. This was uh, pretty amazing. It's definitely something that when I first heard it, I was like, yeah, this is good. I like this. Um, It's also so simple and kind of just very obvious that uh, upon repeated listening for me gets to be slightly annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, it's, it's so different from what they've Mm -hmm. done before. It's, you can, you can hear all the lyrics. Like once you've figured it out. Simple. Yeah. You, I kind of am like, okay, I get it. Why are you, why are you just repeating it over and over a little bit? For me, it, it, this one's one of their more annoying songs to me. I think for I, I don't know that it's something that I would put on repeat. For it me, is for although me. technically, I like it. That's yeah. the problem. And when I first got this, I was like, I like this. I'm always happy to hear it. I mean, me too. Yeah. And I, I also was super reassured as a teenager when the song came on after Pop Song '89 that like. Oh, there are still they haven't great lost their minds. Yeah, they, yeah. 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 And right. So I love the sleep delays my life. I like dreams they complicate my life. Dreams they complement my life. I love right. yeah, all because, those yeah. lyrics when they start. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so so, th- but definitely two very poppy, uh, uh, atypical of them songs to start it off. Almost uh, saying, "Hey." Our first Warner Brothers album is a little bit different than yeah. yeah. We're gonna go play arenas, and yes. these songs will fill them. Yes. Right now, let's then follow it up by track three. This is uh, we mentioned it earlier. They just played it up in Portland. This is "You Are the Everything." Sometimes I feel like I can't even sing I'm very scared for this world I'm very scared for me This is your memory Here's a scene You're in the backseat Laying down the windows Wrap around to the sound Of the travel and the engine All you hear is time Stand still and travel You feel such peace and absolute Stillness still that doesn't end But slowly drifts into sleep The stars are the greatest thing you've ever seen And they're there for you For you All right, very uh, mandolin-centric. Is this the first R.E.M. song with a heavy mandolin uh, 
It presence? is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice I think I was reading that, uh, uh, what was the band? Maybe it was Camper Van Beethoven, I can't remember, was like, I pretty much, t- uh, I was, I would play mandolin on all of our, when we were touring together, I would play a mandolin and Peter Buck walked back and was like, what is that? Yeah. And I was like, here, this is a, an electric mandolin. And I showed him how to play it and then boom, suddenly yeah. they're playing it all the time. <laughs> so they had a dulcimer on King of Birds in the previous record, but this is the first mandolin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's a very pretty song. Yeah. It's always been one of my favorites. I put it on mixtapes so many times for girls. It's crazy. And how do they react? Oh, I mean, I married all of them. <laughs> you have several secret several wives. Several wives. Yeah. That's great. Um, yeah, this is a, just a, a classic. This is a REM classic. What do you think, Lance? I think it's great. I think it's like it suddenly unlocks a record and makes you realize that they are doing yeah. this new thing where they have changed up the instrumentation. Peter yeah. Buck's not just playing guitar. Which also, they were, they like were switching the first two songs. They were yeah. switching instruments switching up, yeah, as instruments. they uh, uh, recorded this because they didn't want to do the typical, I mean, their first major label record, they don't want to do the typical uh, <laughs> like thing that they've become famous for. So they're switching yeah. instruments. They're trying to do something different. It definitely is one of those things where when I was listening to it, I think when I was listening to it, I was of... I was split because, like, on my first listens, I was like, I like the poppy stuff. Yeah. And then this one, I was a little like, eh, I was a little cold yeah. on it. Yeah. Now, coming back to the record, uh, like, this is the first song where I'm like, oh, okay, this is this yeah. is uh, really good. Uh, this will stand the test of time yeah. for me. Uh, didn't they start out thinking one side would be acoustic, one electric? Yeah, and then yeah, they didn't have the they song. that they would do an entirely – but they didn't have enough acoustic stuff, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but they have it. like what three? Just uh, this wrong child and hair shirt. And hair shirt, yeah. yeah. But they, do, yeah. But I, I don't like when bands do that. What do you guys think of that? Like, do did, what? Do one side electric, one side acoustic? I when does that actually happen? Yeah. Well, well, like Foo Fighters did it. So uh, I don't know that one. I don't know. I guess I'm not into it. Um, okay. Oh, you know, in high school, I used to. People would uh, talk shit about REM. I would play them this song and, and just go, listen to the bass line and you're the everything. Oh, God. Mike Mills is the Paul McCartney of our generation. There is no one who's a better bass player than this guy. Listen, listen. Did- and, and then it wasn't until just like, Recently, that I realized that Bill Barry is playing bass. On <laughs> <laughs> the Paul McCartney of our generation. Do yeah. you think anyone remembers you saying that? And <laughs> I think uh, I think that someone gave me shit about it w- in the last like ten years. Really, a friend of mine, yeah, one, one of your Shay old friends. Diola, yeah. And what What did he say? Did he say this? He is- sa- he, he said, "Wow, the, the, I was really impressed with the baseline, but I mean." It was a little intense. I don't remember what exactly. Because this he is like the, about it. this is the third or fourth time you've talked about putting your headphones on someone else and forcing used, them to listen to an R.E.M. I used to song. go up to people and, and play Exhuming McCarthy for wow. them. Just like, is it, have you ever heard anything that's this good? You have to like, you know. That's great. Is, Can you talk about uh, singing this song? You are the everything. Oh, yeah. I, I used to sing it to my daughter to for her to go to sleep. <clears throat> and um seems like bad singing would make you stay awake but I know <laughs> I, I feel terrible for her she would have nightmares every single night <laughs> just screaming <laughs> waking up in a cold sweat that's sweet though the um didn't didn't you tell me I as told, well that at a certain point she was like dad can you stop singing that? yeah she did she she did ask me to stop singing <laughs> but for a while she liked it she liked it and that's what that's uh, what you're aiming for is those few years where <laughs> that's right um, this is the next song. This was a big hit. This is Stand. 
Okay, so... <laughs> um, so... Let's talk about this. Yeah. Let's, I, let's, let's, re- let's break it down. I feel like people who got so freaked out about Stand... But there's We Walk on their very first album. There's Can't Get There From Here. They've always done these dumb pop songs yeah. since the what very beginning. What is different about this one, do you think? What is You You think it's just in that it's just the same? It's in the vein of It's in the vein of, and, every, yes. and it's no one should have any sort of issue with it because it's exactly like that. Well, you, anyone can have any issue May with I anything they want. May I direct you to exhibit A, the video for Stand? <laughs> Have you seen this in a while? <laughs> no. I mean, I vaguely remember it. I mean, right. all music videos are annoying to some level. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Let me back this up just a little bit. But as a song, as mm-hmm. a song, like, I didn't think it was any huge departure. Or any, They just put it out as a single, and it became a hit. Look at that dance. <laughs> Now I read. I remember I loved this. <laughs> I read I Mike, Michael Stipe came to the video and said, "I've come up with a dance, and not only have I come up with a dance, but everyone is going to be doing this dance." <laughs> and then in this book, by the way, the book that you sent me the, yeah, for, yeah, on yeah, iTunes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. the writer who is just obnoxious, yes, uh, writes that. And to his credit, several people sent him videotapes of them doing the dance. <laughs> Um, um, what, what Lance, about, what do you think? What do you think about Stand? I, I get it. I understand why people would be yeah, like, sure. You know, um, it has that kind of deliberate modulation where it goes up. A they, key, they do a key yeah. change twice. They do a big Broadway key change yeah. twice. And, and the lyrics are very, you know, direct and simple and bubblegummy. But it's a very fun song, and I, yeah. I like it, and I don't begrudge that, you know. I was more self-conscious about Pop Song 89 in some weird way uh-huh. than hmm. I was about Maybe because it opened the album? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Stand was one of those songs where it became a hit yeah. and people got really annoyed with it. And I, if it was playing in my car or something, I would always have to sure. skip it so people wouldn't get... I don't, this I, is not one of the ones you would put headphones on? Yeah, No. I, I, <laughs> I didn't love it live either. Like it, yeah. it wasn't the strongest live. No, I, I don't think they did either. I mean, yeah. they never really played it after that tour. It was interesting because I was... I, I threw on this record... Um, Lance, we talked in a previous episode, Adam and I, about how... Uh, I loved R.E.M. and was so into them. And at a certain point, I uh, remember never buying another one of their albums ever again. And I was like, I wonder why that is. I was trying to put myself in the headspace. And I remember liking Green. And so I put it on this week. And I was like, okay, let's hear Green. And I was really trying to track, like, what is going on? Because I saw them in uh, March of 1989 at the uh, forum here in LA. And I took this girl that I was dating. I was dating for some weird reason. The only time in my life I was dating four women at the same time who all were, four? who were all oh, in the wait. same drama department. It was wow. <laughs> at, at college. Like Jesus. I went to a party once. I remember I went to a party <laughs> at someone's house and all four of them arrived at the same time. Oh no. And that's... I was like, I got to get the fuck out of oh, here. Man. Too much drama. Um, it, yeah, literally. Um, and so I what took are you this. Doing? I, I don't know. It was weird, and I didn't like any of them. How many other people were in that department? 
I don't know. It's like, you know, one. 50 or <laughs> one other person. <laughs> um, but no, I didn't really like any of them. And I took one of them, this girl, I think her name was Jennifer. I don't remember. But I took her to this show in March. And then I took her to a crowded house show at the Pantages in April of 1989. And I remember the thing that really bothered me about her where I was like, I can't, I don't think I can hang out with her anymore. Is both shows we went to, she was like, they're brilliant. She used the word brilliant oh, over yeah. and over yeah. and over, like she was yeah. British or something, and yeah, she wasn't. Yeah. She was from Orange County. Yeah. I don't know. It bothered me. Anyway, but so I was trying to track, like, well, why did I – Why did it I stand? And it was stand. Yeah. That I Honestly, it was like I, – I was like, what is going on? And I listened to stand. I was like, oh, this is kind of annoying. And then I watched the video, and it was the – it was. I think it's the video. Well, there was a period of time where it was everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it was a big hit. It was a big hit, and that video is super annoying. And I, I don't – I don't – See, I don't yeah, have a problem I, with it. I, I, I'm where you are, but it also it's so not representative of what you probably loved about the previous right albums that like if that's what everyone's seeing and thinking that this band that you drew on your notebook yes. is that it's exactly like, wait, no. And I'm I not, mean, I see that video and I see like crunchy people that look like the people I grew up with in Santa Cruz, okay, and yeah. and so seeing that on MTV, I was like, all right. There's finally a video with people that kind of look like the people. And that's I the know. thing. I, I, we were talking about document. I was into, I want, I did not begrudge them success. I wanted them to be successful. Yeah. And I was like happy when one I love was success. And I was like, that band I told you about, yeah, they're really yeah. big. And something about Stand, I, I went from being there at the forum in March of 89 to a few months later being like, I don't think I'll ever listen to this band again. I don't, and I think it was just that I don't, and I'm not like a snooty like music because we've talked about like other bands that change their styles. I just, I go along with it like Radiohead, you know, for kid a, I was like, Oh, this is great. I don't know what it was. I, I, it was a theme song to get a life. Which I thought was that cool. should make me like it more. I know because <laughs> I, I love Get a Life. Me. me too. I don't know what it. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't believe my luck as a fan that my favorite band and Chris Elliott, yeah, were my favorite comedy person, were like melded into one thing at the time. I love Chris Elliott. Yeah, I tried best. to get him on best. Bang Bang so many times. Really? He, he didn't yeah. do it. Well, you know. I sent uh, him a fan letter once. Oh, really? Or a fan email. I emailed him a couple of times and got got one back. It was it was yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Um, he's the best. He's the best. Love Chris Elliott. Okay, this is uh, so after that, this is the next song. We're still in side one, the air side. Um, to air is human. Um, the air side and metal side is that? Yeah. What they, yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, this is worldly to pretend. Um, 
It's great. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. The, it's a good song. I think it's the classic REM sound. I don't, you, but yeah. But not your favorite? I, you know, it's, it's never been one of my favorites, but I do like the song a lot. This it was, was just the, never like one of my go-tos. Lance, what do you I mean? loved it. This is probably the ones I connected with most on this record. And I hadn't thought about it in a long time, but listening to it, I remember at that era being – this was the one that sounded the best to me, like uh-huh. the production and the sound. Yeah. As a 16-year-old, whatever, like I was glad that it was on a CD, yeah. which I thought sounded really <laughs> right. yeah. clean and you could hear everything. This yeah, also was yeah. the first song that they actually included lyrics for. This Correct. is the only, yeah. only song they put lyrics yeah. in the booklet for. And this, uh, So almost saying, like, these lyrics are important. Yeah. You should read these yeah. out of all of them. Totally. It's, it's cool. It's like the classic REM sound, but it's really produced like yeah. this is mm-hmm. like some orchestration in there and sounds some like pedal he's on steel. A, sounds like he's on a like a stand-up kit. Yeah. Yep. Doesn't it like with brushes? Yeah, there's weird way. percussion and yeah. it's really good. And it felt to me at the time when it was like, why did they leave the cool small record label to go to the big yeah. Prince record label? And it was like, oh I, I get it if this is yeah. if they can get a studio and do this yes. instead mm. of just Interesting, simple, yeah. banging it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is the one I rem- I coming back to this record and listening to it for the first time this week. I was like, okay, I obviously remember Pop Song '89 and Get Up and um, Orange Crush and Stand, but I was like, okay, I know those songs. and I'm kind of tired of them, but what are the ones that I sort of remember? And and World Leader Pretend. I was like, ooh, I like this, and I like Hair Shirt. Those were the two that oh, yeah. I was like, oh boy, these are great. Uh, this is the last song on side one. This is the Wrong Child. I- Watch the children come and go A late, long march in the spring I sit and watch those children Jump in the tall grass Jump in the tall grass Leap the sprinkler Walk in the ground Bicycle clothes Pinsports Sound the smell This is a song about a child with uh, an unnamed affliction uh, who is uh, searching for acceptance. Yes. Very pretty song. Lance, what do you think? I love it. Yeah. You know, people who are cynical could say that it was maudlin or overwrought or whatever, but I totally into it. is how you yes, pronounce it. <laughs> um, but I, I love it. I'm, I'm there for it. I like the, the, what he does vocally on it with the two different readings happening yes. at the same time. It's yeah. really cool. That's what you were talking That's about really earlier, Lance, where he was layering vocals. Yeah, I was more conscious that like he, Michael himself is doing different vocal performances, mm-hmm. different yeah. vocal lines, rather than just having him do one and then Mike Mills do one and then Bill Barry do one. Yeah. Right. I Coming to it this week, I didn't remember it at yeah. all. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't have picked this uh, out of a lineup. If you would, uh, that'd be weird to pick a song out of a lineup. It'd be weird it? to see what this song looks like in a police station. <laughs> right. Um, I guess just the letters. I guess. Just I guess. Standing yeah. Up. Um. 
I the first time I heard it, I was like, "Ooh, Billy, kind of annoying." I, I don't know what I don't know what it is about the the. Is it mix. because it's falling into a certain stereotype? Like, of course, there'll be a song about a disabled child on the REM album. I don't sort even of know thing. if it was that. I think it's the mix of the mandolin being too loud uh, and the vocals being super upfront. I don't know what it was, but it's definitely something on further listens where I'm like, okay, I, yeah. I'm more into it than I was on first listen. It's also, a very like disjointed, like, you know, yeah. a mandolin that you might assume sounds like country, it's not, whatever. it's not pretty. No, it's I not aiming say. to be pretty. It's like a weird. Yeah. Yes. It's, yeah. uh, it sounds, uh, and just listening to it right there, particularly good headphones, I guess I was kind of thank you listening to how, how you d- had nothing. I to put do with these this. on your head <laughs> and said, "Listen to this." You're very welcome, man. <laughs> the depth of the sounds they were getting—they're really using the studio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here. All right, we need to take a break. When we come back, we're going to go to the side two, the metal side. We will be right back with more. Are you talking REM? Remy. Hey, everybody, this is Scott. And this is Scott. And, you know, we've been doing this show uh, for a while, and the the one thing that we're concerned about is your bodies. We're concerned some of you are nude out there. We need you to cover your bodies and cover them now. Cover, please, okay? And we're, look, I don't care about what you do below the waist. Like, let it flap. Hey, that's your business. That's your business, okay? We're not even going to look down but there. waist up, that's we, our business. That's, that is our domain. We're making it our <laughs> yeah, business. Yeah, of course. Waist up, neck down, that is where we live, all right? We have, what we're trying to get to is we have new Are You Talking REM shirts in the store right now. Yes. Two different styles. Inspired by the album. Jesus. Oh, okay. Now it's scaring me. Okay. Okay. And then there's an out of time shirt. Out as of well. time shirt that says bro on it. Um, we're proud of these shirts. Uh, Aaron did a great job in the design of them. And no, we're proud of these shirts and uh, we love them. And you, people can get them at Podswag and that's podswag.com slash REM. Is that right? Podswag.com slash REM. Um, buy your shirts. Go to uh, you know a U two show with them on. I don't know. What do, uh, do whatever you want. Like walk around school in your clear backpacks, and people will be able to see the back now. And that's one good thing that came out of this. Unless there's a book in it. Okay. okay bye. Bye. Welcome back. This is Orange Crush, the first song on side two. Let's listen to a little bit of this. This is the first single from Green. Uh-huh. 
first single, first. Uh, I actually probably heard this before the record came out. Yeah, right? me too. Yeah, yeah. So. it was our, immediately. It was everywhere when it mm-hmm. se- seemingly, I, as far as I remember, it was yeah. a big hit. Yeah, um, they played it on the nightly news every single night. Yep, <laughs> it was everywhere. Every everywhere in its entirety. It was in my grandma's house. <laughs> yep, playing twenty four seven. Um, I like it. What do you got, Lance? What do you think? I loved it. It was. Uh, it felt. Like an extension, a document. Yeah, they're playing this live mm-hmm. during that era, and it felt like a gnarly energy behind it. And yeah. it sounded like a rock song, yeah. almost like one I love in a way of like it's in that universe. Yeah, it, it, it was it. I don't think it was a, like a big hit. No, I mean it was a it was, it was a good like introductory yeah. right. single, it, like got everyone's attention. I remember I like hearing it. it for the first time and like seeing the video and being a little. Disappointed that it sounded so similar to what they'd done before, even though I I loved it. Um, but then once I got the album, I got why that would be the first single. It was really smart for mm-hmm. singing. And I love the song. It's just very documenty. But what I really love about the song is how weird it is. It's yes. a weird song. It is catchy and everything, but it's also the there's no real chorus. The chorus is wordless. Yeah, it's just ah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's awesome. It's so weird, and it's a boom, favorite. Boom, like when boom. they played this live up until the very end, people went apeshit. Yeah, like this is a big fate. Like you know, it's an Orange Crush. I love that it kind of favors Bill Berry's drumming. Yeah, and that the guitar parts are just kind of weird, slowly picked. Yeah, it's a very weird song. Yeah. It, it, I think it was born out of just a jam session where they were just fucking around and this just emerged. That's yeah. the best way to write a song as far as I'm concerned. Just yeah. a jam set. Just a jam set. A good old-fashioned American jam set. <laughs> but I loved that they put this out first. It had that sort of video that the band didn't appear in. It was all like Matt Mahurin. Yeah, just like, like sort yeah, of like, images. and yeah, 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 right. It was cool. And then it was like, okay, so they're on Warner Brothers, but this is... Yeah, they're still yeah. weird. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the single for it had a Sid Barrett cover, Dark Globe, on yes. it. Yeah, we'll be playing and, that uh, a little later. Yeah. Uh, Ghost Rider by Suicide. Yeah, by yeah. Suicide, yeah. So we'll be like, playing all those. It was those. like, oh, great. Like, it was great. Things I love, they're, they're still, yeah. Mm-hmm. That Dark Globe cover, yeah. another mixtape. We're going to play it. All right. Well, I'm just talking about it. <laughs> another mixtape. Uh, Were your uh, mixtapes specialty. just all just REM songs? <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like giving people CDs. Uh-huh. Um, this is track two. This is Turn You Inside Out. This is after Orange Crush? Yes, sir. We're on the metal side of the record. Oh, yeah.
Uh-huh. Adam, one of your favorites? Yeah, that's good rock and roll music. Good rock and roll uh, music. Uh, music. Yeah, this was always, from the first time I heard it, I was like, ooh, yeah. Did you want good. to turn someone inside out? When Just you were for the sake of listening to the song, I sure did. It got me interested in turning people inside out. <laughs> you just reach into their throats. Yeah. Just like just like almost like a sweatshirt. Particularly live when Bill Berry's drum kit lit up during the song. Do you remember that? I don't remember during that. The, doof, doof, doof. It it just it, it was pretty amazing. I'd yeah. never seen it. Do you remember that because it was in tour film? No, because I remember seeing it when I saw them live. Hmm. I was like, "Whoa!" I don't remember the show. Really. Oh, really? Because I, yeah. I took that. Uh, I, I remember I took that girl. We had seats in the very back. Like but at she the thought forum. it was brilliant. I thought <laughs> she did. So we were in the very, very back row. Yeah. Um, of the forum, it was just uh, it was such a drag being up that high. And yeah. I remember like we we tried to go down maybe. 10 rows and just sit in these empty seats. I remember it so clearly. This guy arrives after three songs, just points at me and then (laughs) gestures, get out. (laughs) Wordlessly points, thumb, get out. And I was like, okay. All right. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Because I was all ready to be like, oh, are these your seats? Are these, uh, you know, that whole thing. And he just like point, gesture. He knew what you were doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, So with these headphones, there was some weird like, oh, yeah. I think that's that guy, Keith LeBlanc, who was in Tackhead. Like a weird oh, New York. Really? It was it was bizarre that he turned up on a REM record. He he was like a New York City avant. He did some hip hop stuff. Oh wow! But it was like bizarre to have someone else appearing hmm. that the band didn't need. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it wasn't. So like, you think that's what he was doing? Was I that think that something? was like yeah. weird percussion thing. So it's like they if they needed someone to play saxophone, whatever. I get adding someone else. Yeah, but, like, but just it seems adding. like Bill Barry could have just done. <laughs> that's the interesting. Is that just for the credit, you think? Like to put his know. name just on the record? Have someone around. To, yeah. Right. Yeah. Someone else to talk to. What do you think about that song, Lance? I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's great. It's and live, that's when he, he had the, the megaphone. The megaphone. That oh yeah, we were everyone you know, stolen yeah. from. We were talking yeah. about the megaphone the other day. It became such a cliche. Uh, where Stone Temple Pilots would use it, or I'm trying to think of other bands, but it yeah. seems, uh, uh, even our, our good friends in U2 uh, have yeah, used yeah, it. Uh, but this was the first time I remember seeing it and going, yeah. oh, well, that's clever. He's yeah. using a microphone yeah. and singing into, or a megaphone singing into that. It's not a megaphone. What am I talking about? Is it a megaphone? Yeah, that's what they call it. Right? I think I'm, I'm thinking of the Mr. Show sketch, the megaphones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of the old timey. <laughs> Which, by the way, that sketch I remember started as I saw Bob do stand up, and he was just singing "Break on Through to the Other Side" as if he were a megaphone <laughs> singer. It's like "Break on Through to the Other Side," "Break on Through," and then he turned it into a sketch. All right, this is hair shirt. I am not the type of dog that could keep you waiting for no good reason. Run a carbon black test on my job. can swing my megaphone. Oh, the megaphone. Here it is. Break on through to the other side. Break on through. What do you guys think? I love hair shirt. 
Did you guys know what a hair shirt was? I learned because of this song. I already knew because of Catholic school. Oh yeah, I mean, oh. you would. That's why you. It is know. a. It's a, a like a, a vestment. Is that what it is? That that uh, explain it because of Catholic school. It's something that someone that was uh, self-flagellating, punishing themselves, thought that they could achieve spiritual redemption or openness by like harming their physical body would yeah. put on uh, like a very itchy, coarse, uncomfortable thing that was pressing yeah. against your skin. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was a thing, so I thought it was just too words that he put uh-huh. together. It was just like, hair shirt. Hair shirt. Hair shirt. <laughs> oh, here's the song. Hair shirt. What do you think of the song, Scott? I like this. I, yeah. Like I said, I when I looked at the titles of the songs uh, after not listening to this record in a couple of decades, I was like, hair shirt. I remember liking that one. I like yeah. it. It's pretty. Yeah. I think it, it, it's, it's maybe one too many mandolin songs in total for the on the record, mm. you know, listening to the record as a whole for me, eleven songs in a row. I would say take one of those mandolin songs. Yeah, out. I would maybe take the wrong child out. Yeah, um, but I, I like this. Hair like shirt apparently all. improvised. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Did that from a suggestion? Hair shirt. Yeah, they were actually at UCB. <laughs> Give me a profession. <laughs> Rock and roll singer. Okay, right. and two words. Hair, Hair sh- shirt. shirt. <laughs> Here we go. One, two, one, two, three, <laughs> three four. four. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> uh, okay, now we're getting to a song I don't even remember, and I've listened to this album several times this week. This is, uh, speaking of remember, I Remember California. I Whoops, no, this is Hair Shirt again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to I Remember California. All right. Yeah, I got to live this shit, bro. What do you mean? Traffic jams you're talking about? Yeah. I'm I'm trying to escape from them by listening to R.E.M. Limes and tangerines. These bumper cars. I'm in bumper-to-bumper traffic, bro. Um, I think it's a little late in the record to have such a, like, droopy... (laughs) I don't know. What do you think, think, Lance? (laughs) I like it, but I can understand why people don't want to get through the whole thing. Yeah, you're not insane. You can understand <laughs> rational human beings not liking something. Um, I don't know. I think there was a period of time where I was like, "Ah, I got it," yeah. and I and I liked the song for a while. But now it's just, I, it's not in in the pantheon. Yeah, in the pantheon, it's no. uh, yeah. you, it, which it, is fine. Were it to come up on shuffle, you wouldn't skip ahead. I might. 
You might. Yeah, or I would listen to it and, and be played fine. a 12 song set and they started this. Yeah, I'd be like, what are you guys doing? Yes. <laughs> Good guys. Can I talk to you for yeah. a second? <laughs> hey, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> stop. So, uh, come here. <laughs> Can I talk to you? And grab I just paid you $14 really million dollars to do this for my birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> I need to talk to you. This next song, however, would be on that list. Yeah. Oh, interesting. This is, um, it's called Untitled. Or it's called the eleventh untitled. It just doesn't song. have a title. It's it just, just a blank. Space. But people call it untitled. Untitled. But yeah. sometimes they call it the eleventh untitled song. I read it's that more, somewhere. It's more commonly known as that. that. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Just untitled. Um, and called untitled because, as Michael Sipes said, um, it was very hip at the time to put a, a song on like a hidden track. A hidden track. Yeah. So, uh, did it? Was it called untitled on this? No, on, it, it, it just, just had a blank it, it was space. number eleven and then had a blank space. This is untitled. Funky. That's Peter Buck on the yeah. drums. Funky. This world is Like this, yeah, yeah wait, love it, it. it gets amazing now. Yeah, I think it's. It's great. I, I kind of wish they put a title on it and put it earlier in the record, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, I like how I it ends like the it, album. Yeah, it feels too. great, and especially for people that have just gone through all of. I remember California. It's such yeah. a nice. Yeah. Well, it's definitely record. like, hey, it's it's like a giving a drowning man a lifeline <laughs> in a way. <laughs> I think it's it's like one of those classic REM songs where it has everything. It's that got the Mike Mills great about it. Backup vocals. Harmonies. It's a simple. Very simple song. They're pouring their hearts out there. It's what's beautiful. it about? Do you think I I can't get I can't place it exactly. I just read the, recently. You wrote it about uh, he, he, how he has to constantly travel around. He wrote it about his parents. Oh, and interesting. Early on, when he used to go on tour, this is how he felt about saying goodbye to his parents. Oh, that's nice. Oh, wow. yeah. huh. um, I don't know. I, I believe that's a, that was a direct quote. I don't think it's okay. like bullshit or something. Hmm. I love love that song. Yeah. It's a great song. You say you would put this on. You would you. This would be something you would like to hear them. Would they play it in, during shows? They've played it. Yeah, but it wasn't like the most common. Yeah. Right. I never saw them play it. It's fun. Yeah. And again, it's funky. It's funky. <laughs> um, okay, so that is that is green. Let's green. go through a few of the B sides uh, just to hit them. Uh, a couple of covers here to start off with. And I believe these were the first songs they even recorded for Warner Brothers um, before they did Green, I think. But this is uh, a cover of an Iggy Pop song. This is Fun Time. Again, funky. 
You mean th- they did this before Green? Or like I think during- they recorded this and... The- like it was a test session or something. Oh, Yeah, this was on stands, I think. Famously played this song at their only show for Automatic for the People. Yeah. Oh. I think it's a little too similar to the original. I Yeah, I think it has a worse like drum production sound than the right. original, and so it, it it's too much like high... And yeah, yeah, I'm not incredibly into it. Uh, I was excited when I saw it. I was like, because I love that song. Yeah. Uh, okay, this is Ghost Rider. This is suicide. This is a suicide uh, cover. Um, was this on pop song or on, uh, this was on uh, Orange Crush? Ghost Orange Crush. Rider, Baby, 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 he's a blazing away. Like the stars, stars, stars in the universe. Ghost Rider, motorcycle hero. This sounds like one of their Christmas singles or something. Yeah. Like a, just a loose. I like this. You know, we haven't talked about their fan club and how if you were in the fan club every Christmas, you would get a record. I don't think it's, at this point it had started yet. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I had it? That, really? That's the only thing I was doing with the band during that whole time period is I would work at the office and oh, really? package the fan club singles yeah. with a woman named Michelle that was running the Oh, yeah. cool. Were you, were, were you in the fan club? I was, and I used to call, because you could call information, get the number for the REM office, yeah. and just call, and someone would answer the phone and go, REM. <laughs> like at the height of their popularity, and I would call and just uh, ask excuse me questions. Can, really? Can I, I talk to Michael? Really? Well, I would call. I called, and I remember just being like, "So my friends and I are making a movie, and we really wanted to use Oddfellows local. I don't do TV. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you? Wh- how would we go about getting uh, that song for the movie? And they were a very really important nice. movie. Yeah, but also I. Chose Oddfellows Local 151 so that whoever answered the phone would think I'm a real fan. Right. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> I remember California ish song. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is Dark Globe. This, uh, who, uh, this is Sid, Sid Barrett cover, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, where are you now? Pussy Willow. That smiled on my sleeve When I was alone You promised a stone from your heart My head kissed the ground I was half the way Lift a hand, I'm only a person whose armbands beat on his hands, hang tall. Won't you miss me? Wouldn't you miss me at all? My head touched the ground. I like this. This is, um, I was 
I think it's even, I, I like it better than their Moon River cover. It's like in the same vein as Moon River. Yeah. Just, uh, it's one of those covers where they're not doing anything notably different with it, but it's like cool to hear them sing it. And it's yeah. from the heart. Yeah. You mm-hmm. believe them. Mm-hmm. And you believe they actually sang this. Yeah, I believe yeah. it. It wasn't like they, they put this that. out and they're like, we got some other band. No, I believe that that's them. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they could do something like this and then not also be like, oh, that's right, five piano songs because like we can do yeah. that. Like mm-hmm. it worked for this, but it yeah. wasn't something that they were allowed in as a crutch yeah. for. Yeah, it's a good. That's a cool song too. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I, I'm not the, I have Sid Barrett records, but I wouldn't say they're in heavy rotation in my household. So it's not something that I really know all that well. Yeah. They were in super heavy rotation for me at this time. And so really? yeah. it was this like coming together of like, one obsession with another, I like, bet. oh, whoa, like, Art really? is doing it. Yeah. Because they put out, you, like, a flexi-disc version of this with an issue of Sassy Magazine. I remember that I had that. Yeah. And I lost it. Uh-huh. That's where I first heard Dark Glow. Okay. Whoa, yeah. And I feel mm-hmm. like there's a chance that was before this, like— Before Green came out? I don't know if it was before Green entirely, but, like, I think that if this was on, like, the— There's a chance that the flexi was out before mm-hmm. this— Said, I'm not sure. I see. Okay. I had that and then lost it to time or whatever uh-huh. and didn't get that until like just automatic era. Dust. I yeah. found it. Yeah. <laughs> it just turned to dust in my hands. <laughs> just lost it to like, time. Yeah. No, you misplaced it. No, I've lo- like <laughs> probably accidentally threw it away. <laughs> well, it's a flexi disc. It's, yeah. They're sort of like frisbees. A little yeah. piece of garbage. <laughs> threw in the garbage. Okay. This is the last B side. This is Memphis Train Blues. You can tell it's about a train because they have a little choo-choo sound here at the beginning. It's kind of interesting to hear like a bluesy song done on a mandolin. Do you think there was a band meeting where there was there was all right band this meeting would have guys. been like an all acoustic side of the record, but it meant that this song was yeah, on the yeah, album. It's like, like, it's like we cannot like, let okay, Memphis Train Blues get on this record. <laughs> Who's in favor of not going through with this acoustic side thing? Because this is the whitest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. What was what was this the B side on? Uh, I don't, oh, I another don't B-side know. is the acoustic pop song 89. I did not bring that just because I don't want to replay a song. But yeah, that was a B-side. Yeah. Um, and that is green. Um, cool. Where where do we leave it? How do we feel about it now? Adam, you you say it's one of your favorites? It's, it's one of my favorites, but um, my favorites of theirs change. But it is a uh, uh, one of my... One of my favorites of the mm-hmm. records. And Lance, where where are you on it? Super fond of it. Love it because of experiences with it and associations and time of my life, whatever. But like objectively, like I love other albums more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I uh, returned to it again. And the first time I threw it on, I was like, this is a pretty annoying record. And now I've listened to it five times or something this week. And I, I definitely like different songs on it um, out of – Everything up to this point, I don't know. I might like it better than Document even because we talked about last time that I don't really – I remember liking Document a lot. And then when I came back to it for this episode, I was like, I don't remember any of these songs. I think Side 2 really kind of stains that album for you. kind of bad on Document. So so I might like it better than Document. It is – 
it is interesting because now we are at the point in the show, and you and I discussed this when we started doing the show. I kind of want to hijack it, though, and play some yeah. of those demos. Oh, yeah. Do you oh, want to play yeah, some yeah, demos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, we are at the point. Go ahead and get those ready. We're at the point. Lance brought uh, some uh, green demos, which have never been released. Um, I don't know. I, I guess you stole them. Uh, uh, you're a thief. Um, but <laughs> So we're at the point in the show, Adam, and we talked about it when – when we decide to do this, sure. where I have never listened to the upcoming albums in their yeah. entirety. So you've never listened to Out of Time in its entirety. I've never listened to that. I've heard, I've, I've heard, I've probably have heard the songs. The songs. I know some of the songs very well. Yeah. Uh, but we're at the point where I did not buy any of these records okay. when they came out. And Automatic for the People. I did not buy that. I Monster. Remember. You didn't get Monster. Uh, I I when they came out I I later years later I I went back and got them, um so uh, <laughs> I just did the, the cord the, the cord trick to Lance. <laughs> um, so so I am going to be listening to these okay. albums for the first time now and giving you my assessment of them. More as a uh, as as a music fan now, and um, what I require is one hundred percent honesty. Great, I'll give that to you. Uh, I'm looking forward Thank to you. it. I'm looking forward to it because uh, I maybe unfairly did not uh, give them a chance after Stand, and I I was maybe too mean and too yeah. negative. Oh about no, them. you're in for a treat. But mm-hmm. I think they're. Are, are you going to have a treat for me next yeah. time? Yeah, every every week from here on out, treats. <laughs> if I'm a good Scott. boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What uh, demos do you have here? This is a, a demo of a song that was called the last REM song, and this is an instrumental demo that they did. Uh, my understanding is that they felt like it was too much of like a archetypical like this is what REM sounds like kind of song. Oh, interesting. And that they were deliberately trying to make this new record. Sound different. Okay, so oh, this is okay because I like the uh, classic REM sound. So maybe I'll like this. Excuse me a lot. So let's hear it. I'm gonna. Sorry, I'm gonna jump back to the beginning. Oh, sure. It's weird you didn't start there, but okay. Instrumental? Yes, instrumental. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll get to the next change up and then go to a different song. Yeah. Sure. I want to hear the chorus. I love this. Yeah. You should get a computer. I know. <laughs> I wish they did something with it. They gave it to Lance. They sure did. And we're playing it. <laughs> we are R.E.M. and we're yeah. here to play a fun, we, fun song in a funky way. We can come up with lyrics to it. I <laughs> yeah. think Scott just did. <laughs> Let's put it out ourselves. R.E.M. All right. I'm going to play a song called Great Big. Great Bake? Big. Big. Great Big.
So this, I think, turned into the sort of electric version What's of What's that uh, turn, Drive. turned down? I can't hear you. I think this turned into like the electric version of Drive. Oh, got it. Which is on Automatic for the People, is that right? No, they just played it live. The Dri- electric version of Drive is oh, sped oh. up like... Oh, got it, got yeah, it. Yeah, funkier. Because Drive is a slower song? Yeah. Got it. Uh, this is a song I'm about to play called Title, which they were playing live during the work tour in the fall okay. of 87. And they did this demo, but they didn't complete it as an album track for Green. And again, sorry, let me get back to the beginning. Oh, this is the one that sounds a little like Bang and Blame. Yeah. Early version of that 11th untitled song that we all liked. Ah. One, two, this is how we do. It's funky. <laughs> oh, interesting. Playing the vocal melody there. I noticed they didn't really use that kind of keyboard. That no. do, 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 do. <laughs> That's interesting. Oh, they used it here. That's cool. Yeah. It must be. It must be so hard to like get an instrumental like this and go. God, what do I sing over this? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, what, is it, what do you think he does? Just like walk, sit around in the shower, going. Well, apparently, apparently he would drive, drive around, around yeah. with the cassettes and just come up with melodies and lyrics. Man, what, to be in that car, and I was. You were really Sometimes for what did what later did, records did uh, was there ever a song where he was just singing around singing around that ended up on a record that you? Uh, I feel like parts of it did like around that album up, but I, it's not like I was there when he. Yeah, wrote. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. You ever you ever see that movie Up? Yes. Yeah. It's pretty sad yeah. at the beginning, don't you? What think? movie was that? I don't remember. That Pixar movie up? Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Cartoon. It's pretty sad, right? It is sad. If you wanted them to live. That's true. I mean, I guess I was rooting for those two. Yeah. But you you were watching it and you were kind of hoping they'd die. <laughs> like both I, of them. I want to watch the kids, not the old people. <laughs> yeah, come on. I want to watch those dogs I saw on the poster. God, get these oldies out of here. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Kind of a happy beginning of that. Yeah. Um, well, that's green. 
And uh, this was a pure pleasure. An extra long episode. Lance, we couldn't think of anyone better to do this with than you. Um, yeah, thank you for coming on there, Lance. Yeah, this is great. And uh, next week we're going to be doing uh, Out of Time. Do you mind giving that back to me? And uh, Don't do a bit with it. <laughs> we're going to be doing Out of Time, the first REM record that I do not know uh, and they're most popular. How you were alive during <laughs> that era and just not know that, just miss that album. I look forward to Adam playing "Losing My Religion." I know. For the first time. No, of course I know that song. I know all the singles from all the records. I just don't know, and I know some of the album tracks probably because I bought them half all. Half the world I, away. Yeah. You don't know? Do you know? You don't, don't know. Don't know. Ha, so I know the. I know the Oasis. Playing, half the world away. When they started playing Texarkana, and you're no, I do know okay. that song. I and and we'll talk about it in the next one. I I'll tell you why I probably know that okay. song. Um, Can't wait. This is, uh, to take us out, this is a song where if you were a friend of Adam's uh, back in the 80s, you would uh, most likely get headphones put on your head. Lance, thanks for being here. We'll see you next time. Uh, and we certainly, 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 would, it, would your friends like this part about the typing? Yeah, be like, just hold on, just wait, wait. <laughs> we certainly hope that you have found what you're looking for. Bye. Bye. guys, it's Jessica St. Clair and Lennon Parham here. If you haven't listened to Womp It Up, we've got all brand new episodes. They're airing weekly. Chances are there's about 20,000 episodes for you to listen to on your drive. We've got some of the best comedians in the biz on playing amazing characters. Casey Wilson. Rob Hubel. Paul Shear, Jason Manzukis, Mary Holland. Nick Kroll. Ryan Husky. How about Andy Daly? And that's just to name a few. Please join us every week for a new episode of Womp It Up and watch as the Wamplerverse expands before your eyes. Hashtag turn around. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hey, Queeros, it's me, Cami Esposito, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Query. You can sit in on hour-long conversations between me, Cameron Esposito, and some of the brightest luminaries in the LGBTQ family. Query explores individual stories of identity, personality, and the shifting cultural matrix around gender, sexuality, and civil rights. Plus, it is fun. We have had some incredible guests. Uh, Emmy winner Lena Waithe? Yes, definitely. Congressman Mark Takano? You bet. L Word creator Eileen Shaken? Yes. President and CEO of Glad Sarah Kate Ellis? We definitely have. We've got celebs. People like Trixie Mattel, Evan Rachel Wood, Tegan and Sarah, the band and the people separately on two different episodes. We also have activists and change makers in our community. I think it's a one of a kind show full of chats you have never heard before. It's identity, it's community, it's query. You can find query every Monday on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.